0: Welcome back to the Bend in the Trail podcast, episode 26. Grief causes Kenji to reject his newborn daughter until finally his conscience demands that he bring her back into his life. Emily sagged back in the chair, tears flowing freely down her cheeks. She felt both anger and sadness at what she'd just witnessed. These were eventually replaced by a feeling of emotional fatigue. She would never have guessed how much a story could affect her. At dinner that evening, Grandmother, noticing her puffy eyes and how quiet she was, expressed concern. "'Your parents will be back before you know it,' she beamed. Emily just nodded in a distracted sort of way. Deciding to take a more direct approach, she tried again. "'Emily, is something wrong?' You don't seem yourself at all these last few days. This would have been the perfect opportunity to tell Grandmother about everything she had experienced. But Emily couldn't bring herself to explain what she was experiencing. I'm fine, she demurred. Maybe just a little tired." She didn't sleep very well that night, thinking about that poor little motherless girl and a very sad Kenji. It seemed like so much sadness for one person to have to endure in such a short time. In the morning after breakfast, Emily sat in the garden, pondering whether she wanted to continue the story. A light rain began falling after lunch, driving her indoors, and with nothing else to do, she decided that in spite of her sadness, she had to see where the story would go. She sat in the chair, dressed in the kimono, fan in hand, and began noticing something strange. The fan was showing signs of age. It appeared somewhat duller than before, and the letters on the case seemed to have lost some of the gold lettering. Oh no! Grandmother's going to be mad! Emily couldn't think of any reason the fan should begin to look shabby. She'd been very careful in handling it. In spite of her concern, there was no way she was going to stop now. Finally, she carefully opened it to see what would happen next. Chapter 16 Niko's Return Kenji was completely despondent, and for weeks he could not even look at his daughter. The servants found someone from the village to nurse the baby and look after her. They could only hope that in time Kenji would recover and would want to see his daughter. He threw himself into his work like never before, getting up before daylight, and going to bed late at night, sleeping only fitfully. This went on for months, resulting in a haunted, exhausted shell of a man who wanted nothing but to be left alone. Eventually, after almost a year, thoughts of the sweet, innocent little girl invaded his thoughts, and his conscience wouldn't let this child be abandoned by him in spite of his grief. Where is she? he asked the aging Ansu, who now had served he and his family for many years. A mother in the village has been caring for the child. Bring her to me, Kenji ordered. When Ansu handed Niko to him, the child burst into tears. She's bonded with the village woman. To you, to her, you are a stranger. Kenji's heart broke at this, and he vowed to himself never to abandon his daughter again days turned into weeks and weeks into months with the child in some distress over the loss of the only caregiver she'd known anzu and the other servants had doted on the little niko and she slowly adapted to her new surroundings but it took months of kenji's constant presence before she began to acknowledge him and eventually to refer her to him as father although the next few years saw kenji's hair begin to show signs of gray at the temples and the beginning of wrinkles, he still retained a cat-like grace in his movements. As Sino's Niko was ready, he began to teach her the art of self-defense, which he had never abandoned in spite of giving up the shinobi life. Father and daughter would practice winter and summer, hours at a time. Kenji saw her skills advance year by year, until he was confident she would be capable of much of her own safety. He also watched as she blossomed into a beautiful young woman, gracious, polite, and elegant. Under Kenji's watchful eye, as well as her tutors, she had become quite accomplished in writing and literature, as well as painting. Kenji was rightfully proud of his only child. At the end of a busy summer day, Kenji arrived home from his work to find Niko waiting for him. Otosan. I'm ready to make tea for you to ease your spirit." She took Kenji by the hand and led him along a path lined with evergreens and stepping-stones with moss growing soft underfoot between them. They arrived at a small room with a low opening. Inside, the floor was covered in tatami mats. One of Niko's calligraphy works hung on the wall, as well as one of her paintings. The implements for the tea ceremony had already been laid out and she began following the very precise steps required. As Niko prepared the tea, Kenji watched his daughter intently, a slight smile at the corners of his mouth, and the cares of the day began to fade in the silence of the moment. When the appropriate time came for conversation, Kenji quietly cleared his throat and began, Daughter, although I'm not quite ready to leave this world, I'm beginning to show signs of wear." This was said with a slight smile, which quickly faded, his face becoming serious. I believe it's time for me to begin the search for your husband. Niko lowered her head in a slight bow, her face blushing slightly. Otasan, if I may be so bold, I would offer the name of someone. You mean I should not pay the matchmaker to select the appropriate young suitor? He said it with mock surprise and shock, finding it impossible to say without a widening smile. As much as Kenji loved his only child, he could not deny her this request. And who is this formidable young man? Is he a dashing samurai or officer in service to a general? No, he has nothing to do with fighting or war. "'Niko replied in mock anger. "'You know him very well since you see him almost every day.' "'Ah, so it could be the young Satoshi, my assistant?' "'At this, Niko looked down, blushing furiously. "'Truthfully, daughter, you could choose much worse. "'I will speak to his parents and propose the match. "'Now, let's go and see what the cook can find for us to eat. "'I think I could eat a horse.' arrangements were made and it was decided to wait until spring for the marriage to take place in the meantime niko began to gather things for her new home she packed the tea things and her brushes her father would not hear of her giving up her painting kenji was buying the best things he could for his only daughter to place in her black lacquered chest that had belonged to her mother there were several new silk kimonos a mirror and tortoise-hair-combs. One evening after dinner they sat in quiet conversation. "'I wish so much that Mother could be here to see us celebrate,' said Nico wistfully. Kenji didn't reply immediately, but his eyes seemed to take on a sad, forlorn look which caused Nico to deeply regret her comment. On the day of the wedding she went to her bedroom to dress with the help of Anzu. Nico discovered on her bed a slim exquisite black lacquered case on it were gold letters spelling her name picking it up she guessed immediately that it had come from her father from the time of her engagement until now he had showered her with one extravagant thing after another from the case she removed a beautiful fan with a frame coated with more black lacquer the fan itself was ivory-colored silk that almost glowed in the morning light. After dressing, she went looking for her father to thank him for all he had done for her. She found him in the corridor near the entrance to their home. He turned and smiled, his eyes taking in the sight of her, transported in his mind to a time when he had first seen her mother at the house of his friend. You could be the image of your mother. She smiled a slight smile with head bowed in modesty. The wedding took place on the grounds of their home, officiated by the local priest. Afterward, there was a tremendous feast to celebrate the newlyweds until late into the night. Kenji had persuaded the couple to live with him in his home, which he had said was more than enough room for all of them. Besides, he couldn't bear the thought of being separated again from his only child. Chapter 17 Grandfather Kenji Kenji bounced the boy on his knee and spoke softly to him, telling him how he came to be a scholar and a merchant, and about his escape from Iga. The three-year-old, looking fondly at his grandfather and holding his grandfather's face between his own chubby hands, looked a bit skeptical as he asked, Is it true? Oh, yes, every word, said Kenji with a serious face. He felt fortunate to have his daughter's family here. With a grandson to teach and sometimes spoil when Nico wasn't looking he felt even more so his hair was fast turning gray and he was moving somewhat slower he and his daughter still sparred every now and then and he knew she was taking it easy on him at first he slightly resented the inevitable process of aging but in time accepted it without complaint he began to involve his son-in-law more in the business, leaving most of the daily tasks to him. He'd been a good husband and father, which made Kenji happy at his daughter's choice. He set the boy back on his feet and urged him to go find his mother. The child found his mother working on a small painting. She gazed at a cherry tree, which was blossoming in the courtyard, using it as the model for her work. Nico found a scrap of rice paper for the boy to play with and while he pretended to paint on it using an empty brush continued painting until the late afternoon light began to fade kenji in the meantime sat on a bench in the courtyard enjoying the solitude kenji began to escape more and more into the past reliving in his mind the days spent with his mother katsu and his beloved keiko it took less and less notice of his surroundings often having to be reminded to come in when it became dark or when it rained. Niko would sometimes sit next to him on the bench in the garden. But there were many times when Kenji would scarcely notice her arrival or when she left. He was slipping into a voluntary isolation more each month. Even his grandson's attention could hardly draw him out of the shell he was creating around himself. Niko, becoming saddened, and alarmed at the same time over what she perceived happening to her father. She expressed this concern several times to her husband, who advised her to do her best to care for his body, making sure he ate his meals. But beyond that, there wasn't much to be done for his mind. Niko did her best to see that Kenji was not bothered with decision-making or any other matter that could bring stress to his mind.